Welcome to the Streamline Training Show, where we teach busy people to cut through the noise around health and fitness to find a few fundamental truths that will let you make real changes to your habits so you can get maximum fitness results in minimal time using the smallest, most powerful frameworks. Welcome to the show. So I think that's a pretty good uh, foundation. Let's get into some specifics, uh, specific strategies. Mm -hmm. So I think the way we want to attack this is kind of from the easiest strategy to the most granular. Mm -hmm. So starting off with someone who's maybe never done this before Mm -hmm. and they're hearing this and they just think, yeah, I probably do need to lose some weight. I want it to be as painless as possible. Where do they start? Well, Okay, so this is actually a great uh, tidbit of information I heard, like third or fourth hand, attributed to Charlie Munger, who is one half of Berkshire Hathaway, uh, one of the richest men in the world. One of the richest men maybe to ever have lived. Anyway, he died not long ago at 99 years old. Wow. Yeah. Good for him. Dude was not a longevity guru, by the way. Guy's not sitting in front of a red light therapy every day. (laughs) Every day. Dude was just living his life. But he was famous for something he called inverting, which was instead of saying, how do I become rich? He would ask himself, what's a surefire way to be broke and destitute all my life? Mm. And so, you know, yeah. he kind of reasoned that out. Okay, spend way more than I save and buy a bunch of lottery tickets as my investment portfolio and get a terrible job with no promotion and never show up to that job. Yeah. Okay, great. I just do the opposite of that. I'll probably be okay. So yeah. I think that's actually one thing that you can do with diet and nutrition is invert it. Instead of saying, how do I get in the most ridiculous shape I've ever been in in my entire life? Ask yourself, how do you become the worst version of you? <laughs> like the, <laughs> the grossest, slobbiest version. Go to that dark place. Yeah, go to that place. What are you doing? Okay. Yeah. yeah. What do you think? I'll ask you, babe. What do you think um, you would do? I immediately saw myself wearing sweats, <laughs> sitting on the couch with a bag of potato chips mm-hmm. And I don't even like soda, but I pictured like holding a, a Dr. Pepper, which mm-hmm. I don't even like the taste of, in my hand. Mm-hmm. All the lights were off for some yeah, reason, and I, it was just a lot of blue light on the screen. Mm-hmm. Kind of sounds like last night. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I didn't do all of those things last night, but I did have on sweatpants, oh, and we funny. did have the lights off while we were watching the Santa Claus 2. Nothing wrong with sweatpants and Santa Claus too. I did have a bit of ice cream, mm, but yes. it was our Sabbath celebration, so mm. I'm okay with that. Yeah, me too. But you've you've named a couple of things that I think are very relevant, right? So sedentary, you're sitting down right. in the dark in front of a screen, not doing anything active, mm-hmm. not engaging your mind or your body. Yeah. Uh, you're eating hypercaloric and uh, hyperpalatable foods. So foods that are with very small servings, very dense in calories. And they taste incredible. So you just want to eat tons of them. Yeah, you don't want just one serving. Yeah, you want as many as you can get. Right. Right. It's like ruffles, sour cream and cheddar ruffles. Oh, so food. good. Just, you could eat the bag and not know it. <laughs> yeah. And the calories in those things are insane. Mm-hmm. So those are, that's like two or three off the bat, really easy things. Like, okay, yeah, that would make me terrible. Yeah. And then you just extrapolate that some more. So you say, okay, I sit all the time. I eat nothing but junk food. I don't even look at a means of exercise. And if I can, I never walk. Yeah. So Wally. Then, yeah, it's Wally. That's really what it is. <laughs> so now, okay, do the opposite of that. What would the opposite of that stuff be? Not sitting on the couch all day long. Yeah. So I, we have this conversation a lot, which I think is 
probably needs to be had more. So I'm just going to drop it right here. But the picture that I painted uh, was like the epitome of consumerism. Yes. So I'm just consuming Mm -hmm. what can I take in Mm -hmm. both with food, with entertainment, Mm -hmm. with rest. It's me, 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 give, 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 Mm -hmm. like give me, give me. Right. Um, and none of that was producing anything. No, didn't produce anything. And so for me, I kind of see the opposite of that. One, mm-hmm. I really enjoy cooking. So right. I think, and we've we made this uh, reference once before, but like instead of the Lay's potato chips, it's the slow roasted um, diced potatoes that mm-hmm. we cut up and throw some olive oil and garlic on. Mm-hmm. And it's cooking a meal with my family mm-hmm. with the lights on, playing music, <laughs> dancing right. around like a fool. Uh. And... Uh, not being alone in the dark watching a movie, which maybe there's a time for yeah, that. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that on occasion. Yeah, just not constant. Right. Um, and I I mostly, I sit a little bit at my job when I'm grading and prepping lectures, but for the most part, I'm up on my feet, moving, mm-hmm. pursuing some sort of fitness on the rig. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, just producing. So producing mm-hmm. meals, mm-hmm. producing hopefully knowledge for my students, mm-hmm. um, I'm producing life right now with this mm-hmm. child I'm carrying. <laughs> yeah. So just the opposite of, instead of just uh, gimme, 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 it's how can I give? Mm-hmm. How can mm-hmm. I provide for others? Mm-hmm. So maybe that was way more philosophical than yeah. you were looking for. But I think that's... it was awesome because I agree. I think consumerism, I think um, fat gain, obesity are byproducts of consumerism. Yeah. Like if we weren't consumers... You go to third world countries, there's not a lot of obese people there, yeah. man. They just, there's just not a lot. You know, like they just, they're because they're not consumers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're subsistence farmers or right. foragers or hunters. They have to produce. Yeah, they must do it or they die. Yeah. That's the, that's the result, you know. Uh, and then I also think as Christians, there's a, that there's a piece of us that wants to and needs to and is, is a burden to produce. Mm-hmm. God created. Yeah. We, we are creative individuals, and to mirror Him is to create. Absolutely. And not just to consume. Not, to mirror Him is also to revel. He mm-hmm. sat back on the Sabbath and he reveled in His creation because it was incredible. So there's right. nothing wrong with enjoying a good movie or sitting back and having a good conversation with friends. Yeah. But there is something wrong if that's all that you do. Yeah. If it's the, the six days of doing that and the one day of work versus the six right. days of work right. and the one right. day of Sabbath. And I think that to point this back in the direction of our conversation, your body is going to conform itself to the environment that you give it. So if your environment, if your consistent environment is a couch, then you're going to look like the couch. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> That's how it works. If you are consistently in a running environment, you're going to look like a runner. Yeah. If you're consistently in a CrossFit environment, you're going to look like a CrossFitter. Yeah. If you're consistently in a sumo wrestler's environment, I don't know what you're going to look like. <laughs> <laughs> I can't picture myself. I, I really don't know. But you see, the point there is your environment is going to determine your form, you know? Yeah. And so, so the very simplest, okay, you want your form to be different. First, you know something has to change. Mm-hmm. So there's no amount of internet blogging or um, YouTube slash Instagram inspirational rabbit holes you're going to go down that's going to mindset you into a different body. Yeah. Like the body you're in is the body you have because of the systems you put in place and the environment you've been living in. So if you would like to have a different body, you can, but something has to change. Right. Yeah. Doesn't have to be dramatic, doesn't have to be sweeping, doesn't have to mean doesn't mean you have to move across the country, but something does need to change. Okay. And so, what do you need to do? Okay, put yourself in an environment that forces you to change. Mhm. And then 
you make simple steps to do that. So our simple steps, the easiest low hanging fruit strategy would be cut out the stuff that's keeping you in the form you're in and add in the stuff that would make you change. So the yeah. stuff we already talked about, the stuff that's keeping you in the form you're in, it's highly processed foods and sodas. Yeah. Right. And not moving. Right. So then you take that away and you replace it with unprocessed whole foods, not super calorie rich drinks and moving. Mm-hmm. You do those things, you're going to change. Absolutely. Like if the last 15 years have been you snacking on Lay's and drinking Dr. Peppers and sitting on the couch and then you stop doing that all of a sudden yeah. <laughs> and you start eating bananas and apples <laughs> and celery and stuff, yeah. <laughs> drinking water and running, shoot, you give it a couple months, you're going to look different. Absolutely. You're going to feel just, different yeah, too. Yeah, it's just the way it's going to work. Yeah. And by the way, I don't know, there's this, there's this weird part of the internet where people are vilifying fruits. Like, I don't know if you knew this. Yes. Like, don't yes. eat strawberries. Freaking bananas uh-huh. are making you fat. I have never met someone that got fat and was like, Dude, what happened? How'd you get so fat? Ugh, bananas. <laughs> I get I, I ate six hundred and seventy-two bananas every day. I'm telling you, I once I start, I can't stop eating bananas. <laughs> you know, it's not like an Oreo. We're like, oh, I'll have twelve. Right. You eat a banana, you're like, well, I'm probably good for the week. Yep. I, I don't, don't think I want a second. <laughs> I'm okay. But you, the the image is there, right? I mean, like you replace Oreos with a banana, yeah. you're gonna something's gonna change. Yeah. One of my favorite things that Johnny says to, I've heard him give this advice to so many people and it worked for me. Uh, if you, if your goal is fat loss and Oreos is your problem, don't buy Oreos. Don't buy them, dude. If they're not in your house, you can't you eat them. You can't eat them. So don't go down the cookie aisle. Nope. Also, there's this hack now that Kroger and Walmart and everyone else has. You don't actually have to go in the store. Dude, that's crazy. Which, you know, maybe walking around the store would be yeah, helpful. Yeah, there's like a pro-con does it seem yeah, two-edged but, but honestly there. like if you have trouble going in and seeing all the hyper palatable yeah, foods man. i mean it tempts me and, and we don't eat a lot of junk food no. but every I time pop tarts like, come on oh every single time <laughs> it is a decision i have to make come to on. not buy the pop tarts <laughs> if that's a problem you have do online grocery shopping and then you don't yeah, have to be tempted that's with that. such a hack that's so awesome because literally we went into kroger i went to kroger yesterday or two days ago for the first time in weeks and because we always do this online ordering, whatever, and I never even think about Pop-Tarts in my daily life. Yeah. And I was I was walking to go check out and I looked to the right and I saw Pop-Tarts and I thought, do we need Pop-Tarts? <laughs> yes. The answer <laughs> is yes. I I like, do I need to pick up some Pop-Tarts? Wouldn't that be such a great treat? It would have been. It sure would have been a great treat, yeah. but it's not what we need. If you had bought the Pop-Tarts two days ago, I'm pretty sure they would already be gone. And here's the crazy thing. This is what consumerism does too. You know what I would have wanted? I would have wanted Pop-Tarts. And then I would have thought, I need some coffee creamer because I like dipping my Pop-Tarts in coffee. Yeah, it's a domino effect. Yeah, you start consuming one thing, you need, quote unquote, more stuff to consume. So you bring it back to its source and then you find ways to keep it out of your environment. Yeah. Whatever the thing is that's your problem, like if ice cream is your problem or Doritos is your problem Mm -hmm. or bread, whatever it is, you cut it out. And don't let it get in your environment, which means, by the way, having sometimes uncomfortable conversations with friends. Yeah. Like people want to come over to eat or they want to bring you over to your house or family comes over and they want to have a party or whatever. And you know, dude, if they come over with that dessert, I'm going to have 3000 calories of that dessert. Yeah. You might have to have a conversation and say, I love you. Please come hang out with me and don't bring that dessert when you come. Yeah. Or don't bring chips when you come. Right. Uh, we're just trying to eat a little differently. So could you bring fruit? Yeah. Or... I don't know, seltzer water or whatever, Ooh. you know, <laughs> bring something Talking different. About language. Yeah. Uh, okay. So that's the, 
That's, that's easy. The, the easiest. Least well, resistance. Okay. Yeah, that's the, that's the least resistance. That's the simplest. Yeah, easy strategy. is not a good word. Yeah, that's the simplest strategy. Where if you just started moving more, ate less processed food, ate more whole foods, you'd see a change yeah. for sure. If yeah. you haven't been doing that already. Okay, so we'll we'll call that simplest. Mm-hmm. Let's go for an intermediate. Maybe someone who's done it before but wants to dial it in a, a bit more. I would do what E.C. Sinkowski calls lazy macros. Mm-hmm. That would be the next level up, which is just track your protein and then keep a ballpark on the rest of your consumption to make sure that you're you know, consuming relatively whole foods most of the time. And then the other things that we talked about, eating more and then designing your training strategies to meet your nutritional goals. Yeah, and she uses the 800-gram challenge on top of she that, does. right? Mm-hmm. So the 800-gram challenge is um, consuming 800 grams of... Not all raw. I almost said raw, but it's not all Just, raw. yeah, plants. Uh, yeah, so uh, vegetables, fruits. She considers potatoes a vegetable, she which does. some people would argue with her. Mm-hmm. Um, but she doesn't if they're deep fried. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and then not like salsas and Correct. there's a couple yeah, of things. Yeah. But mm-hmm. it's just trying to eat more um, whole foods, mm-hmm. less processed mm-hmm. whole foods, and keeping up with your... Uh, your protein and I, I think that she recommends 0.7 grams per body weight for her lazy macros but maybe so 0.7 is the lowest i would recommend yeah and 0.7 grams of protein per pound of body weight per day right um and that might be something we want to talk about too mm-hmm. uh, we'll get, we'll get to level. that yeah we'll get to that when we get more granular so yeah i love lazy macros mm-hmm. i think it's a, a great way especially those people we talked about last episode that it's just a mental burden to do more than that yeah. But, I mean, you need to have some sort of pulse check, right? You do. You have to be, you got to be checking the scale, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's how we know this is all working. Right. So, you got to be, you can't just say like, oh, I'm, I'm eating lots of protein and I'm getting some fruits in and hoping that you're not doing anything else that's setting you back. Yeah. Right? Because if you're also still eating all the other stuff you were eating and you're adding in protein, yeah. <laughs> even adding in fruits and vegetables, if you don't change the rest of your diet, you might gain weight. Mm-hmm. You're straight up, you might gain weight yeah. doing that. So you still have to put a cap on it, and then you have to be checking in with yourself, having some honest conversations with yourself and asking, okay, am I actually eating what I said I was going to eat every day? Am I moving? And then what's the scale doing? Yeah. All right, so that's our more intermediate. Intermediate. Let's get granular. <laughs> <laughs> There's two paths to granularity. The first is taking a hard... Um, fork in the road on a diet protocol like pick a diet protocol keto intermittent fasting carnivore paleo plant-based vegan whatever you want to do yeah uh, but that would be pretty granular because most of those diets require some sort of granularity right yeah. like feeding windows or restriction restriction of mm-hmm. straight up macronutrients like you yeah. can't eat certain macronutrients or only eating animal meats like yeah. <laughs> there's, there's some crazy granularity involved there uh, but they all work because of calorie restriction. All of the diets that work, work because you're eating fewer calories than you're burning every day. There is no magic sauce to keto or intermittent fasting or carnivore. There's none of that, right? People burn fat on keto because they're eating tons of fat, first of all. And so naturally you burn the fat that you're consuming. That's how it works. And then you're not consuming in as many calories as you were before. Because yeah. there's just not that many options. You right. can't eat any carbs. Yeah. And so you're just eating fats and proteins and hopefully a relatively high protein diet of that version of keto. 
And so you're just not going to consume as many calories and you're going to lose weight. That's sure. how the scale works. Yep. That's just how the world works. Intermittent fasting, you give yourself a six-hour window to eat during the day and you're not allowed to eat any other time during the day. You're just not going to eat as much. Right. And you're going to lose weight. That's how it's going to work, which is why it's one of the more granular methods, but it may be one of the easiest. Yeah, Straight up true. easy, not just simple, easy. Yeah. Like, okay, I just am not want. allowed. Yeah, I'm not allowed to eat after 6 p.m. or mm-hmm. before 10 a.m., but between 10 and 6, by golly, I'm going to eat whatever I want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and for sure. I would say within reason, the, the, the more within reason you are, the better results you'll get. Of but course. You can tighten that window up. There's there's tons of ways you can change that, and it's just cut and dry. Yeah. You know, you will there will be a change if you do that, and if you have not already been doing that by accident. I know people that have accidentally intermittent. I did that in college. I accidentally sure. intermittent fasted. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't eat breakfast. Or whatever their job requires. Yeah. Of them. And yeah. I work late at night and didn't eat then. So mm-hmm. like I just ate during six hours a day by accident. Yeah. All right. So you said there were two paths. That's one. The second path is uh, traditional calorie or macro counting. So actually having set ranges and goals for calories and macros, and then using various methods to track those. So the three macronutrients are proteins, fats, and carbs. Proteins give four calories per gram of consumption. Carbs give four grams per calories, four calories per (laughs) gram of consumption. Fats uh, give nine calories per gram of consumption to the body. And so you set a caloric limit on your day. Mm -hmm. It's actually more of a target. You try to hit that number every day. And if it's a fat loss diet, it's about 500-ish calories underneath your maintenance if you're trying to be, you know, in that moderate range, right. moderately aggressive range. And then you um, assign macronutrient targets on top of that, and then you find ways to track them. Normally what you do is you assign protein targets, you use your activity levels to assign carb targets, and then you let the remaining calories determine your fat intake for the rest of the day. Sure. So you determine your protein target by... I would say using one gram per pound of body weight per day of your consumption. Granted, the bigger you are and the more fat you have, the less likely that's to be helpful. But for most individuals who are not obese, it's wise to consume between 0.8 and one gram per pound of body weight of protein per day. So if you're 200 pounds and you consume 200 grams of protein, that's 800 calories that's coming from protein alone. If you're moderately active, there are a number of multipliers that you can use on calculators that can be found online for how many grams of carbs you should be consuming every day. Um, your activity levels will determine your carb intake most of the time. But if you're a moderately active individual, not sedentary, which would mean, by the way, you're intentionally exercising multiple times per week and you're relatively active at work. Mm-hmm. So this is not most Americans. Right, yeah. Most Americans are sedentary or Absolutely. lightly active uh-huh. at most. Uh, so if you're moderately active, you're probably consuming around three to 400 grams of carbs a day, which is going to be in the, if you're a guy, which is in the ballpark of around 900 to 1200 grams of, or sorry, calories of intake coming from carbs every day. And then the rest of your calories, whatever you have left over is coming from fats. Now to find your specific calories needed per day, you can use something called the Harris Benedict equation, which uses a multiplier plus your, um, age, height, body weight, and sex to determine your daily caloric expenditure, which then you have to validate on the scale. And then you can apply the either weight loss or or weight gain um, calorie surplus or deficit that you want to achieve. Sure. And then you use the deficit calories to determine your total daily caloric target. And then you use your protein and carb targets to determine your remaining fat target. And then you assign your fat target. See how this is getting complicated? Yeah. This is why, yeah. Get in the weeds for sure. Right. 
Yeah. But for some people, that's it's what they want to do, yeah. and it works best for them. Totally. And it opens the door up a lot, right? So instead of being like, oh, I don't think I should have this cheeseburger because I think it's going to make me go over my calories today. Yeah. Well, I can tell you if it's going to make you go over your calories right. per day. Yeah. I, we can find out today, right now, if you mm-hmm. want to. And then you can either eat or not, but you can do it informed instead of guessing. Absolutely. Yeah. I, the, the, I know people, I know people, I, excuse me, I used to know people in college that beat themselves up for eating a chicken breast. Mm. Because they assumed that it was going to make them gain weight because it had calories in it and they were eating too much and they were hungry and they knew they were supposed to be hungry when they were eating, excuse me, when they were dieting to try to lose weight. But they thought that the chicken is what was going to do that for them. They just yeah. had no idea. Yeah. So this kind of dieting lets you know, like, oh, dang, chicken is awesome. It's Absolutely, like, yeah. My dad calls it the glory bird. It is the glory <laughs> it bird, is man. The glory bird. So much protein, so few calories, and it's incredibly well digested. I mean, yeah. I don't know anybody that doesn't have a heart, doesn't have an easy time digesting chicken. Yeah, that's not one I've heard before. No. <laughs> so there's a there's just a bunch of pros to it. But anyway, the the granularity can be really useful because it lets you take a little bit more freedom. Actually, you can you can actually have some snacks and treats as yeah. long as it fits within the parameters that you were you set for yourself to hit your goals, and provided that the scale and the mirror and your performance packs it all up. Sure. And often it does. That's yeah. This is where the If It Fits Your Macros crowd came in. And there's legitimacy to that. Yeah. All right. So let's let's start with, or let's finish up the strategies and talk a little bit of troubleshooting. Mm-hmm. So for the person who, you know, whatever strategy they choose, they they think they're doing it right. Mm-hmm. They're, and, and they are. Maybe they're doing the right things, but they're not getting the results they want. What do they do from there? It depends on the results they're getting and what they're not getting. Do you mind if we kind of set a hypothetical scenario up? Sure. Okay. So say we have a goal of losing 15 pounds Mm -hmm. in a 16-week period. They're checking the scale regularly. And they, you know, if if halfway would be seven and a half pounds, Mm -hmm. we check in at eight weeks Mm -hmm. and they've only lost three pounds. Mm Mm-hmm do what kind of troubleshooting can they do Mm -hmm. well first you got to say three pounds down is still three pounds down absolutely so that's a win yeah first of all it's not the win you're looking for but it's a win uh the second is now we got to start evaluating the validity of our claims of our own claims and this is something that's been pretty well represented in the literature on nutritional sciences people are really bad at telling you what they actually ate during the day (laughs) they're so bad (laughs) <laughs> like diet reports are awful food yeah. logs are awful yeah i can see even that. this is bonkers even using a scale isn't always accurate and using the um the uh shoot the nutrition labels isn't isn't always accurate because uh-huh. some serving sizes are greater than others yeah right and then you gotta ask yourself like are you weighing dry rice or cooked <laughs> rice you know there's a bunch of modifying factors in there i've i've before when tracking macros scooped peanut butter into my bowl of oatmeal mm-hmm. and hit the grams i was looking for and then without thinking about it licked the peanut butter off the spoon there you go there's <laughs> another like, oh, like no. 60 grams you just licked off <laughs> so that's what i was going to bring up is people do that without thinking about it yeah even hardcore trackers that are like tracking grams of, of peanut butter 
you don't track your licks. <laughs> that's serious. <laughs> yeah. Licks, sips, and bites. That's Absolutely. like a, there's like a vernacular for this. So people are like, uh, they're walking to the office and like, mm, how much is a? No one asks, by the way, how much a bite-sized Snickers calorie-wise is. They just pop that in and roll. It's not their nearly day. as bad as the Reese's and right. What whatever else was in our bag of Halloween candy right. that we handed out. Yeah. So there's stuff laying around the office. They're like, oh, I'm not going to track that because they don't think about it. They're like, yep. oh, it's just a snack on my way out the door. It's just a know? bite. And all that adds up, right? So you think you're in a 300 to 500 calorie deficit. And at the end of the day, you're in a 200 calorie deficit. Yeah. And you're not going to see a whole lot of change from that. Not yeah. quickly anyway. Then you got to ask yourself, okay, how consistent have I been? Mm-hmm. Am I really good during the weekdays? And then I just fall off on Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. Like I'm not even on a diet at all. And I don't even notice it. Am I really good until I go out to eat and then I can't track? And so because I can't track anything, I just eat whatever I want. Sure. I use rules at house at the house and I don't use any rules when I'm at someone else's house. Yeah. You got to ask how consistent are you with your workouts? Uh-huh. Did you let a couple of days slip this last week? You didn't do as much cardio as you thought. You're, you haven't been getting your steps in. You said your goal was 12,000 steps per day, but you've been getting 10 or 11,000 and you've been kind of satisfied with that. There's a lot of stuff you got to validate yeah. to just make sure you're doing it all. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, if all of those are yes, like, yes, I'm tracking everything. I'm super granular. I'm tracking everything. I'm tracking all my steps. I'm hitting all my targets. Everything is where it's supposed to be, and I'm still not losing weight. But what do you think that means? You asking me? Mm-hmm. Uh, one, the, the implementation may be wrong, or I guess maybe you need to actually be cutting more than you are. There you go. More active. Yeah. yeah. Thermodynamics still applies. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, you're not, you're not magic. Well, I know, and I... I I almost said, but I I don't want to sound rude, but I I wanted to say you're not the exception. You're not? Yeah. Most people don't have a tapeworm. Right. Like most people just don't. Yeah. So they're actually are getting it. You do have some sort of metabolic issue, but thermodynamics still exists. It still exists. Yeah. Yeah. And And so for you, it might be harder than for another person. Absolutely. That's legitimate. And it might be worth talking to your physician about. It really might. And, And that's okay. Um, yeah. But yeah, you could check, you could check sex hormone levels. You could check cortisol. Levels. There's a bunch of stuff you could check Absolutely. that are worth checking. And I think you do that. If you've gotten this far, you're eight weeks in and you've been just absolutely grinding yeah. and just banging your head against the wall. All right. I think it's worth you paying a hundred dollars for a blood panel. Sure. Just seeing what's up. See yeah. if those numbers are right. But then if those come back normal and they might, if those come back normal. If they're out of whack, okay, work with your doctor on how to fix it. If they come back normal, well, shoot, man. It sounds like if you really want to lose weight, yeah. you're just going to have to be more aggressive than you thought you were going to have to right. be, which might mean another cardio session, yeah. another weight training session, less calories, Yeah, as as terrible as that sounds. Right. It's just going to be what it's going to be. And then you got to see, okay, do you need a break? Yeah. Like psychologically, do you need a break? Mm-hmm. You know, and then you come back another time when you've got more energy. Yeah. I do want to mention, just in case someone's listening to this episode without listening to the, the one we did last week, um, if you're a female and mm-hmm. you're not tracking your weight regularly, mm-hmm. and so say you, you're only checking it on Sunday mm-hmm. or whatever that is, whatever day you choose, and you check it Sunday, 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 and you were down a pound, down a pound, kind of plateaued, all of a sudden up mm. or... Uh, back to your baseline Mm -hmm. uh, that can be hormonal Mm -hmm. uh, based off your menstrual cycle Mm -hmm. so maybe go back and listen to yeah to that but we did we talked about how the literature has shown a spike of even seven pounds crazy um so it could be that for Mm -hmm. a female Mm -hmm. um it also can be 
water weight. Mm -hmm. Like if the night before you just pounded a gallon of water before you went to bed. And had a bunch of salty foods. Right. So part of that is the consistency you were talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, You want to make sure your data collection is consistent. That's right. Whatever data you're collecting. Right. Make it consistent and valid. But if, if your goal is fat loss, then you do have to be measuring your weight especially for a female and i'm sure you would agree the same for a male but especially for a female you're going to have to be pretty consistent with mm-hmm. that or your data is going to be skewed and mm-hmm. therefore how you troubleshoot will be skewed that's right if i were to i think if i were to encourage that person whoever it is regardless of why you plateaued or why it's hard i would say don't give up yeah like whatever 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 reason you've got don't give up so yeah. if it's hormonal, you still lost three pounds. That means you can lose another three. And you're moving in the right direction. Yeah, man. Just don't give up. This happens to people. They get derailed because they don't get the results they thought they were going to get. Yeah. Even though they still got results. Uh-huh. But just if you just don't give up, you're going to keep moving in the same direction. And maybe the timeline's not going to be what you want it to be. Sure. But if you just apply that logic over 10 years, mm-hmm. you're a different person. Absolutely. 10 years is not what anybody wants to hear when they're on a fat loss diet. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. And you is, shouldn't be in a no, deficit for 10 no, years. No, you should not. That's why all the diet breaks are important. But dang, 10 years is way more productive than three months is. Yeah. And if you just had the same exact results every time you went on a diet, you did three pounds down and you took a quick break. Three pounds down, took a quick break. Yeah. And didn't gain weight in between. Well, shoot, man. Over... 10 months you'd be different let alone 10 years you'd be totally different yeah and i think that's the importance of that long-term goal Mm -hmm. and having some vision for that all right well let's wrap it up we've been shooting the breeze for a while (laughs) all right so if let's give some practical steps three tips for anybody out there wanting to lose weight what are your three tips takeaway points so the first thing i'm going to say is it you should be kind of hungry when you go on a diet like yeah. <laughs> you should probably go to bed hungry. That's the first tip. Yeah. But there's an easier way to quantify that. And it requires getting a little bit more physiologically in tune with some of your hunger cues, which by the way, might be broken, which is why if you follow intuitive eating, it can be tricky because if you're eating intuitively, your hunger cues might be broken, <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> like you're thinking you're hungry and you're just bored or you're just around people or food is present. Yeah. And that's the cue you're listening to. Yeah. Or you're thirsty. That's the cue you're listening to when really you're not hungry. Right. So my general cue when I'm talking to athletes is eat every meal until you're 80% full and no Mm. more. Yeah. And so if you're eating dinner, you eat until you're satisfied and, but you should finish dinner thinking, I definitely could have had some more X, Y, or Z. Yeah. Whatever it was. Definitely yeah. could have had some more I like potatoes. Definitely uh-huh. could have had another roll. Definitely could have had some more casserole, whatever it was. You sure. Know? Uh, but if you eat to 80% full every meal and that's not normal for you, you're probably going to lose some weight pretty quickly yeah. without even trying to. Yeah, you know? I like that. So that's, that's a pretty easy one. And that means, by the way, you probably are going to go to bed hungry. How hungry? Not hungry enough to hurt somebody. That's, <laughs> that's what I tell my athletes. You should go to bed hungry, but you should not be so hungry that you're either being emotionally hurtful to your significant others, roommates, loved ones, etc., cetera, um, or in pain. Like, you shouldn't be in pain. Like, yeah. there's a hunger that's like, I need food now, yeah. or somebody's going to pay. Yeah. And there's a hunger that's like, yeah, I kind of do want a sandwich. Sure. <laughs> but yeah. that's not the kind of hunger that is dangerous for you. That's the kind of hunger that's going to make you lose weight. That's a good thing. Yeah. Sure. So go to bed with that hunger. 
don't go to bed if you're so hungry you want to lash out at somebody. Yeah. Like if you're legitimately so hungry that you're in pain, like you have hunger pangs, you should stay up and eat food. Yeah. Because you are you are too deep in the hole. Sure. So 80% full every meal and then going to bed a little bit hungry is a pretty good guideline. Second guideline is just move more. Find a way to eat. Sorry, find a way to move more often. So frequency. Just yeah. more times during the day, more duration when you do. And then, you know, if you can morph that into a workouts, then you should do that. Yeah. Morph it into workouts. And then the third thing would be eat lots of protein. There's mm-hmm. two or three big reasons. Did we talk about thermic effective fruit food last time? We did. I'm just thinking about you eating five pieces of turkey. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So thermic effective food is a real thing. And it's actually come up in literature a little bit. I haven't read this literature, so I can't validate it firsthand. But I've heard other people talk about this that I trust in the, in the fitness space that have said that the literature on the thermic effective food suggests that because the thermic effective food for protein is so high that we actually get a net calorie intake of maybe two Maybe three, but probably two calories per gram of protein. Which is wild. Yeah. It means you can eat way more protein. Double. Yeah. Double the protein and not gain any weight from it. Wow. If you were to equate that to carbs. Sure. And even quadruple to fat. Which is just, it should be a green light to anybody when they see lean protein on a menu. Yeah. I mean, you could pretty much eat as much as you want. Mm -hmm. Like if you literally are really hungry at the end of your meal go back for more chicken or lean yeah. beef or lean pork or whatever it I is. I think as much as you want is the key there because there's only so much grilled chicken you can eat. Dude, seriously. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not Again, there's not a lot of people that you meet that are fat. I'm, I'm being, it sounds crass, but legitimate that are obese. Like, how? What happened, man? How'd you get obese? Ugh, chicken breast. Yeah. Lean chicken breast with no sauce. I ate, I don't know, yeah. six pounds a day. Couldn't stop. Right. <laughs> it just, that just doesn't happen. You know, yeah. like people aren't eating... No sauced lean chicken breast right. and getting fat from it. Right. So yeah, if you want to go crazy on something, go crazy on lean chicken breast. Yeah. <laughs> Not smothered in gravy, just regular old chicken breast, and eat as much as you want. Mm-hmm. And then try to stay in that eighty percent full. So you're eating to eighty percent full, going to bed a little bit hungry, moving more frequently and with longer durations throughout the week, and then you're eating as much protein as you can get. Those All are my right. three tips. I like it. Yeah. Okay, well, this was a little bit long compared to our other ones, but mm-hmm. hopefully everything that we, we laid out there you found helpful. And we'll follow up next week with the opposite on That's gaining right. weight, uh, which I think most people probably haven't had as detailed of a conversation about. Yes, um, I agree. It's it's way more common to talk about weight loss than weight mm-hmm. gain, but we'll enjoy that one too. So check us out next week when we come back come back at you yeah i I want to throw this in there if you made it this far forgive me for extending the episode i mentioned that one pound per week is a good weight loss goal two pounds is similarly similarly good so it's not crazy for you to lose two pounds per week that would not be a bad thing what is a bad thing uh three four five that's probably getting a little bit aggressive okay two pounds is probably okay you can be more aggressive with a weight loss goal than you can with a weight gain goal so why would you say that like the four pounds is too aggressive for most people it's too high percentage of their body weight and it's probably going to represent muscle loss okay yeah and it's hard to quantify that and i can't prove it on any individual unless we get them in an actual lab sure but generally speaking if you're losing more than two pounds per week you're probably in such a deep deficit that you're going to have muscle wasting as a result yeah and it's going to be evident in the performance that you see in the right. whatever training that you're doing and again most people don't desire that no no most people do not Anyway, quick caveat before we end the episode. 
Uh, and I know we spent a long time in this episode, but we there's tons more we could Absolutely. have talked about. Yeah. <laughs> Insane amount more. Yeah, this could have been like a four-hour episode <laughs> and then some. Yeah, I feel like I was cutting myself, myself short on pretty much every topic that we talked about. So Yeah, I had more questions, but maybe we'll good. do another, another follow-up. Yeah, there's more time. And if you have more questions that you want us to answer, let us know. Shoot me a, a DM on Instagram. Uh, or if you happen to be one of the privileged few that has our phone numbers, feel free to shoot us a text or give us a call. <laughs> give us a call. I'm not going to be putting my cell phone number out on the internet, so don't look for that. But if you want to uh, give us a, a question on Spotify, let us know. Otherwise, shoot me a DM. And either way, we'll catch you in the next episode. Peace. Adios. <laughs>